Hey friends, welcome to the ADHD Boss Podcast. I'm Ellen Argo and my mission is to help you make more money with self-trust and more fun this year in your business with your ADHD brain. If you are looking for ways to empower your brain, scale your business and have more fun, please subscribe to this podcast. There is better than here has definitely been a thought that has been a huge part of my experience as an entrepreneur, as a just a human in general. And it's something that I've found is very common amongst my coaching clients as well. We always end up, and I don't know, in fact, if it is something that stimulates our brain to make us want to do more. It's exciting to think about, hey, where we can be, we are off in our daydreaming land where we have focused and we have strengthened our daydreaming muscle because we are no longer engaged engaged and excited about the moment. So we have practiced continuously looking outside of where we are and looking at the grass that is greener. And so I wanted to start off this podcast with a couple of different thoughts, because I think sometimes when we don't hear the exact thought that we are thinking, sometimes we can feel like it is not applying to us. And I want to bring awareness to how many different thoughts that we have in our daily experience that are, that both boil down to there is better than here. So anytime we think that if I do this, I will be happy, or if I don't do this, I will be happy. Whenever the next destination, the next location, the next whatever is going to be better and make you happy, whenever you believe that pushing past your comfort zone is where true progress lies, and to me, this is absolutely something I love pushing outside of my comfort zone. And so I also wanna be clear that it's not wrong that we want to push outside of our comfort zone. I almost live to be outside of my comfort zone. But we can also recognize when we are coming from a state of not enoughness. When we believe that there is better than here, that means right now is not enough. That means maybe we're not enough. And when we can come to understand this, we can choose enoughness now and we can create more enoughness. When we know and we can have an awareness that we're thinking that there is better than here. We can stop, we can pause, we can know that here is perfect, and we can choose through that place. Another thing that has really been speaking strong to me, and it is so true, is when you have a glass and it is entirely full of emotion, you have no room for logic. And logic and emotion are like oil and water. And when we are emotionally in a place of not enoughness, we have a glass full of not enoughness, and we have no room for logic. And when you try to make decisions from not enoughness, you create more not enoughness. So when we think that the grass is greener on the other side, we are creating more places where where we aren't enough and where we are still outside of where we want to be. Striving and being excited and having goals are all fantastic. How can we have our goals, have things to strive for and practice enoughness now? That is what this podcast is going to be about. So with all that said, we're going to talk about the joy of now. 
and embracing the present moment. So we often hear phrases like, there is better than here, the grass is greener on the other side. These sayings, while hopeful, may sometimes divert our attention from the beauty and the potential of our present moment. The only time that we can create, the only thing that we can change is the present moment. We can't do anything about the future necessarily because everything that happens in the future comes from what we do in the present moment. It's a natural human tendency to think that our joy or fulfillment or our better is out there somewhere in the future. But in reality, joy is not a destination. It is a state of being. It is only accessible right here and right now. That is kind of mind boggling because so many of us have been pushing and striving, like I said earlier. So pause and soak it in for a little bit. Why do you think that we often seek joy outside of ourselves? It's a combination of societal pressures, past experiences, and even our evolutionary biology. We're conditioned to constantly seek better, to strive, and to evolve. And while that's been crucial for our survival and progress, it sometimes means that we forget to appreciate the moment. And there's danger in that. This perpetual future seeking can make us feel like we are not there, that we will never be there, that we have to live in the future It keeps us daydreaming even more. It is a response to the fight or flight response. And as many of you know, with ADHD, our minds can travel at a million miles an hour. We're often future focused, thinking about what's next or even being stuck in the past, ruminating over things that we can't change. This can sometimes divert our attention from the beauty and the potential of the present moment. When we've practiced and lift that muscle over and over of the rumination and in the future focused, we can miss out on the power that we have in the now. Joy isn't just in future goals or past memories. It's accessible right here and right now. And yes, that includes all of us with our incredibly beautiful, busy ADHD brains. We often chase the idea of happiness thinking, I'll be joyful when I finish this task, or I'll feel accomplished when I get to this milestone. This mindset, while driven, may sometimes make us feel like we're on a never-ending loop, always seeking, but never quite finding. I often use this analogy with my clients. Think of distracting thoughts as a rubber band. Every time our mind drifts, I'll be settled when that's the rubber band stretching out, pulling us away from the moment. Recognizing that stretch allows the rubber band to snap back to the present, grounding us. So how can we, as the ADHD community, train ourselves to embrace the present moment more often? First, remember gratitude. Gratitude helps anchor us, whether it's feeling thankful for completing a task or appreciating the sun streaming in through your window, warming up your back. Find joy in those moments. Second, and I really can't stress this enough, mindfulness practices. It sounds super 
super cliche, but even a few minutes a day can make a world of a difference. And hey, there are a ton of ADHD-friendly mindfulness techniques out there. I want to also remind you that in mindfulness practices, every time you're just focusing on your breath, expect your mind to wander. This is in another podcast, but this is actually one of my favorite ways to capture the thoughts that are in my brain is I sit there and I try to clear my mind, but I have a notepad in my hand. And guess what? All of those things that have been operating in the background when I was doing all the other things and they were just running back there that are probably going to wake me up at 2 a.m. if I don't do anything about it. When I sit there and pause, my brain offers me those thoughts. Thank you, brain, for offering me these thoughts that are actually really helpful, that are things that I don't want to forget. So when my brain thinks of them, when I'm trying to be quiet and trying to have a silent mind and trying to breathe, right, I write them down. And then my brain's like, okay, you'll get them done. Because I know I have this thought following up. Okay, I've written it down. I'm going to make sure that I take care of that afterwards. Okay, I got you, brain. Cool. And then I sit down and I breathe for a couple more seconds and then my next thought comes up and I write that down and I recognize, okay, now I know that I can get that done. Great. Thank you, brain. And then I breathe and I have silence for maybe a few seconds. And then the next thought comes up. Nothing has gone wrong. It doesn't mean that you failed your mindfulness. It doesn't mean that you've failed meditation. It doesn't mean that you should never breathe again. It just means that we should breathe more often. It means that we need more time away. If we are filled with thoughts, it means that we need to breathe and have silence in our minds a little bit more frequently. So when you catch yourself stretching that rubber band, dreaming about future accomplishments, or dwelling on past challenges, give yourself a gentle reminder, a little nudge to say, hey, now is pretty great too. Snap it back. That rubber band comes back, touches your skin, and reminds you, oh my gosh, this is great. What is great about right now? Maybe you're laying in bed in the morning, and it's the fact that your sheets are so soft. Your pillow is so comfortable. You get to lay there for just a few more seconds. Maybe it's that you have a client load of people that you love and adore and you can't wait to see what they've been up to. You can't wait to celebrate their achievements. Maybe you get to get up and see your kiddos and you get to hold them as they process new emotions for the first time. Whatever it is, we get to choose and remember to bring that rubber band back, wake us up, and remind ourselves, hey, now is pretty great too. But guess what? Our brain can also think there is better than here. I need to get that thing done so that I can be worthy. I need to not forget anything or I'm a failure, right? That is there is better than here. When we can pause and be in the moment and feel that enoughness now, it also allows us to take action. When we feel not enough, we're spiraling and we're doing all these things and we're not creating more enoughness. We're creating more not enoughness. One of the thoughts that also come up is most people think that ADHD minds can't focus or be present due to their inherent nature. We have this terrible thought about ourselves and other people think about us. And I really want to debunk this thought because I know, and you know, in fact, that we are actually some of the best focusers around. In fact, we're so good at focusing, we put other people to shame, right? This hyper-focus thing, that is such an incredible superpower. So when we are doing our mindfulness techniques, how can we make it engaging and playful and fun? For me, that is the example I gave earlier, is I get to be playful with myself. I get to write things down 
I am engaged with my brain. I'm not creating shame. I am thanking it. I am grateful. Remember the first one, I'm grateful for my brain, which allows my brain to keep coming up with thoughts and allows me to write it down so that I can do something about it. If I had shame that the thought was coming up, I would try to suppress it and not have it come up. So when we engage and we're playful with our mindfulness techniques, whether it's completely pausing and having your notebook, like I said, or if your mindfulness techniques is having music in your ear, playing your favorite song, and just feeling the melody move through your body. Maybe it's going outside and laying under a tree and watching all the leaves flow through the wind. Maybe it's the sun coming through your window on your back. Whatever makes your mind and your body feel joy, that can be your mindfulness practice. That can be your mindfulness technique. It doesn't have to be what everybody else is doing, but what helps you feel joy? right now. This will allow you to sharpen your ability to focus and have greater appreciation for the present moment. We can use our ADHD ability to focus and hyper-focus to enhance everyday experience. One of my favorite things that I do during a hectic workday and changing those thoughts into productive energy is mantra such as, how can I make this fun? How can I make it fun for me? How can I make it fun for them? How can I make it fun for my clients? When I come into that thought, it completely changes the situation. It focuses me on fun, right? When I think, how can I make this fun? I feel fun in my body. Another thing that I really, really love is every single time I'm in transition from the car to work or climbing into the car or climbing into bed, all of those points in my day where I'm transitioning from one thing to another, I get to choose how I want to feel about that. What is the best feeling that I can have climbing into bed? Well, it's probably somewhere around gratitude. When I'm feeling gratitude. For me, personally, one of the things that I always climb into bed with gratitude is for my amazing husband. I'm so grateful that he is the person there with me. And I can then practice gratitude. Maybe it's for my pillow that day. Then the gratitude continues and I get to think of all the things that were grateful that happened in my day. Sometimes there's a lot. Sometimes there's a little. But when you focus on gratitude, even when it's a smaller amount of gratitude, than normal, we can always find it. And as we lift that gratitude muscle, it's going to strengthen. We're going to see more reasons to be grateful, even in the tiny thing. One of my symbols that really helped me, that pulls me out a lot, um, it's a great reminder for me, is when I'm in a place of, hey, I don't know if this is where I'm supposed to be. I hadn't really decided. And I see a little ladybug. Whenever I see that little ladybug, it reminds me I am right where I need to be. Guess what? When I I see that ladybug and I think this is right where I need to be. I feel grounded and I feel grateful. Nothing at all changed about the circumstances around me. Everybody's saying the same things. Everybody's the same person. I'm in the same location. All that happened was a ladybug landed on land on the wall. That's it. And I made an association to that because I have associated every single time that a ladybug is there. It is a message to me that I am in the right place. And now I have reason to be grateful. 
and it has everything to do with my mind. I could also have decided through years that every time a ladybug came into my life, my, my life was ruined. Something really bad was going to happen, right? So use your brain, use your mind, use your awareness to create reasons to be grateful, to recognize these little gifts that happen. What is your little ladybug? What is something that reminds you and brings you back every single time? This is kind of like the rubber band theory that I was talking to you guys about earlier. We recognize, okay, my mind's been stretched. I'm focusing on things. And then I just let go of the rubber band and I snap back into where I want to be mindfully. So now let's talk about integrating this idea called the present playground. Something that I really love this idea of thinking about all of this playground that we have in our, in our physical right here, right now, that if we don't look for it, we miss it, right? We're these little kids. And as soon as we remember that the playground is only available in the present and through observation, we get to do and experience all of this playfulness and we can change these mundane, tiny little tasks, especially when we're focused on the future and bring it into the present and have it be fun. We can play on our present playground. When we have a connection to our play in our present playground, we get a deeper connection to the present moment and we get an improved mental well-being. Because when we're in the present moment, we cannot worry. And when we're in the present moment, experiencing what is now, we have no anxiety, right? One of my favorite quotes, man, I have a lot of favorite quotes, but this is one that really reminds me and brings me back, snaps back my rubber band. Anxiety only lives in the future. When we are thinking about things in the future, when we honestly have no control over the future and what can happen, and we think of all the things that can happen, that is not actually in your present moment. Your brain is in the future. That's where anxiety lives. Whenever there's sadness, or worry, that is when your mind is in the past. You're connecting to things that have happened in the past. You're remembering things that are in the past, but they are not in the present. And when you are in the present, you have peace and you have connection. And you have enoughness when you remember. When you are in the present moment and your brain isn't in the future and your brain isn't in the past, you have control over yourself. There's no reason when we are in the present moment to put our, stick our nose in the past or stick our nose in the future. I think that's one of the big things that gets very confused when we talk about the future and the past, how all negative emotion is either in the future or the past and all positive emotion, it lives in the now. Of course, we can always create positive emotions on either end. And then either end, we don't really have control. So maybe if we put, and that's kind of part of this too, is like if we put too much positive emotion out there where there's so many elements that are not necessarily even in our control, when we put our happiness external to us a year, two years, three years away, that is that grass is greener on the other side. That's I will be there eventually, which means I am not there yet. I am not there now. Now, when we can recognize that, it can be helpful for a second to recognize what you want to do now to create your action plan. But it is not helpful to stay in that place where there is better than here. Give yourself a few seconds, create create your action plan, and then move on. Stay in the present. Recognize that your brain is shifted. You're in the future and you're in the past. Oh, okay, I'm in the, my, rain, my rubber band is stretched. I'm in the future. I'm in the past. I'm going to snap back. I only have control in the present. Oh, I have negative emotion. I'm in the positive 
I'm in the future or I'm in the past. Where am I? Okay, what is my action plan? Or what's going on? What am I grateful for in this experience right now? We can pause. We can choose every single second of our life. We have choice. We have choice over our thoughts. And our thoughts create our feelings, which create our actions, which creates every single outcome that we get in our entire life. When we bring back the present playground, we allow ourselves to find joy in little moments. How can we look at our chores, like washing the dishes and thinking about that as an adventure? How can it be time for you to connect in with yourself, a meditative practice? How can you going out and mowing the lawn be a part of your present playground? How can you going out and networking and connecting with people, how can that be part of your present playground? I know for me, I have a thought about connecting and networking is I, if I don't get out there, people will not know how good they can feel in their body, in their mind. If I do not meet them, they could be stuck in pain. That is a huge driving force for me to want to get out there and help people. It reminds me, it's not necessarily fun, but I know also that as soon as I go out there and I connect with people, that is my source of joy. So even when I'm laying in bed and I could just lay there for a little bit longer and not do anything, even though I'm wide awake and I do not want to do anything, I remind myself of the joy that I will feel in making those connections with people. And sometimes I have to remind myself more and sometimes I have to remind myself less. It doesn't mean anything's gone wrong. It doesn't mean my that I'm late lazy. Doesn't mean that I'm never going to account for anything. But every single time that you catch yourself resisting something, recognize that it is because of a thought that you're thinking about it, such as I'm not good at that. I am not good at that doesn't mean anything to do with your ability to do it. It very likely means that you just haven't done it very much. I'm not very good at networking with people means that you just haven't practiced. You haven't gone out. You haven't networked. You're probably really nervous. You're probably shaking like leaf. And you might still do that three years later. But guess what? You're going to still be out there. If you if you remind yourself that it gets better, it gets easier, it gets more fun, the more you do it, it's going to be a lot easier for you to get out there. And it's going to be a lot easier for you to make a difference in people's lives. So what do you find fun? What do you find not fun? What do you really want? What do you recognize you really need to do for your business and that you really need to own for your business? Do you have resistance towards those things that are going to make or break your business? If you have have any resistance, just recognize, hey, how can I bring this into my present playground? How can I use this as a place for me to recognize that I am in my past or my future? I am not in my present because I'm experiencing a negative emotion or I'm experiencing resistance. Oh, I'm experiencing resistance because I'm in the past thinking about how I've never been able to do this before. Or I'm in my future thinking that it's not going to do anything for me. Or I'm thinking that people are going to be annoyed with me because I've reached out to them even though they've asked me for information. When we go in the past or the future, it's really hard to make progress. In fact, we like I've said a million times, like we have no control in the past or the future. It's just our mind there. Our body is never it never leaves the present moment. So when our body needs to make those phone calls, our body needs to go make those connections. Our body right here and right now gets to find joy. It gets to find its present playground. All right, my friends, go find your joy today. Go find your present playground. All right, my friends. Bye-bye. If you love this podcast, we would love your review or a share with a friend. If you're ready to jump in, create change, and trust your brain this year, let's jump on a complimentary coaching call. You can go to adhdboss.fun or you can go to ellen.argo on Instagram 
there is a link in my bio to book your complimentary one-on-one coaching session. I can't wait to meet you soon. Bye friends.